Hey, we start a new topic tonight. Uh, if you've been joining us the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been taking the subject on depression. And uh, again, just one of the many, many comments, and, and I guess very helpful for people individually, but those that they're, they know and are trying to help them in that state of depression where they find themselves and make sure they help them in a biblical manner. Sometimes we can help people in this life, and if you don't do it biblically, you can actually make it, a, make it more of a, a, a worse situation for them by you getting involved, and you probably should have never gotten involved with the, the situation if you can't handle it biblically. So I want to encourage you to know what and go back through the discipleship journeys. I assure you the things we've touched on would help you to focus and only share the word of God to help people and not your opinion or some other worldly tool or book or guru that's out there that will mess people up even worse because it leads them away from Christ. And that is not what you want to have happen. So tonight we take on fear and worry. We'll see if it's going to be just one time, one lesson tonight, and then, uh, or if we're going to go on to two back to back to finish it up. But we'll see. Let's pray, and we'll start reading the scripture and going through the specifics. Father, again, we thank you for this evening, and as we open up your Word and discussion around fear and worry, and how in, uh, common that is in our lives when we take our eyes off of you. And so we pray, Lord, that you, by your power of your Holy Spirit, speak to the hearts of your people and help them, Lord, in their state if they find themselves at one who worries and is very fearful um, that uh, they would grow and mature from the time spent in your word this evening in discussion. And, uh, and we also pray, Lord, you would help us to help others who are dealing with these situations in their lives. And we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Two scriptures that I want to share with you and to start off that pertain to much of what we're going to talk about on the subject of fear and worry. The first one we find is in Matthew 6, 33 and 34. It is certainly Matthew 6, 33 is Quoted, I quote it very often to many people who uh, come and ask about or dealing with some stuff in their life that this verse is certainly pertain to them to help them in regards to the situation they find themselves in. And we see here in Matthew 6 verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then you can quickly move over if you'd like or make note. We're going to take you to 1 John chapter 4. I'm actually going to pick up and uh, not just verse 18, but I'm going to read for you verse uh, starting with verse 15, I could read that whole thing there, but let me, yeah, why not? Verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because we have, he has given us of his spirit 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him. Because he first loved us. It's about a relationship as we can see how important it is to have this relationship with God as a response to hearing and knowing by faith that God loves you. And that he sent his only begotten son to die for you, to give, make a way for you and for me to have a relationship and be able to have that relationship with our Heavenly Father and make a way for us to be able to dwell in eternity in God's presence. When you give your life to Christ, we find that one of the biggest challenges in life is not always lust in your, of the flesh. It's not always pride of life. It's not always the worldliness that hinders people in their walk with Christ. But many times it's the past or the future that actually hinders many people in their walk with Christ. They fear and they worry about what God's going to do with the fact that they've made the mistakes they've done for so many years in their life. And they need to remember that they've been forgiven when they give their life to Christ. And the past is the past. Sometimes you fear and worry is happening presently because you live by your circumstances and you live by sight of what is happening in your life and it's real. There's really some terrible things that are happening. Or you might be fine dealing with the realities and presence and this is what it is, it's what it is, you know, and it's just you, you just are very pragmatic and just that, this is it, this is life, this is it. But you talk about the future and that makes people spin out of control because they are their controllers. They want to know what is going to happen. How are they going to work this all out? How is this going to be happening? And where are we going to live? And how are we going to survive and, and do this and that? And look at the world and what's going on in politics and what's going on in the community and in health and all this COVID and all this stuff. And it just spins people out of control. Well, what does God say about fear and worry? Now, <laughs> many times we'll say, well, you know, that's fine. It sounds, you know, yeah, worry and fear is not good, but this is, you, you, but look at what's happening in the world today. <laughs> it's like, you didn't think God made when he made these, 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 solid truths in the word don't you think he knew that from the before the beginning of the of the world that these things were going to cause his people to worry and fear and then he's that's why he makes it clear to us that we're not to worry and fear 
We know that fear and worry and anxiety are sins. How many people do not know that fear, worry, and anxiety is sin? And what if you get into that sin and you're focused on that sin and you're not fighting to get out of that fear, getting out of that worry, getting out of that anxiety, it will cause you to be paralyzed. It will, it will cause and can paralyze your mind and your ability to think clearly. It immobilizes your body physically and it will hinder your growth in Christ spiritually. So it will mess with your mind, your body, and your soul and spirit. So knowing that, you and I must learn how to not live a life that is filled with worry and fear. Adam and Eve initially committed these sins in the Garden of Eden after believing Satan's lies. And subsequently, choosing to disobey God, Satan, not God, is behind these obstacles to spiritual maturity. There are walls and barriers that Satan throws up so that you cannot mature. But God has graciously given you and I all the necessity to overcome them. And you must understand that. We see that in Philippians Chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. We also just read that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. So what is God's view on fear and, and, uh, and worry? Or some other words you'll see is trouble. I'm troubled. I don't have fear. I don't have worry. I know those are sin, but I'm troubled. <laughs> you can try to switch the words. It's the same, it's the same meaning. I just get a little anxiety, you know. <laughs> That's called worry. It's called fear. So don't dress it up and try to change your words and things that makes it feel better. Because it doesn't. So God's view, we see the next step is step 84. And step 84 tells us very clearly in scriptures that overwhelming fear and worry results from living to please yourself instead of to living to please God. And we must, and we've learned, and we went through so many of the teachings about not living for yourself, but living to please your Lord, your Savior. That is who you are to please. We fear and worry because it's not going our way. It's not going as smoothly for us. It's difficult. It's supposed to be easy and smooth sailing at all times. And when it doesn't, then you think about yourself. And how this is impacting you. Instead of the sinful self-focus, you are to fear the reverence of God. The awesomeness of God. We see that in Psalm 25, 14, to fear God. To have this reverence or awesomeness of God. That God, you see all things that is going on in my life that is real today. The sickness the persecutions, all of these things, I'm going to praise you and honor you and reverence you because you're in control over my life. But many people don't get their minds there. They get paralyzed because they fix on the situation in life. We also see the fact that 
We are to reverence God, but we also have a response concerning for the care of others. The joy comes when you put your mind upon Jesus and upon others and you being last in the situations. And much of the worry never pans out. It never even comes to fruition. It's a fear is that false evidence appearing real. And you think something terrible is going to happen and you spend a lot of time worrying and anxiety and troubled over it and fearful and it never comes to pass. And it will drain you and cause you, again, to be paralyzed in your mind and in your body have those ulcers that you keep talking about. The acid reflux in your stomach because you're just, just in nerves of how things are going to work out. So the question is, where do you put your hope? Well, that would be step 85. God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a discipline or a sound mind or sound judgment. That is what he has given you and me to deal with those potential fears and worries. We see that in 2 Timothy 1.7. He has given you a spirit of not of fear or timidity, but power. And love and a sound mind or sound judgment, that discipline to not allow your mind to go down a path that causes you to fear and worry. Yes, he's given that to you. That's your hope. That's my hope. God, I don't know why I'm even starting to think this way. Because you're going to give me the power and the love to deal with the situation at hand. We also see step 86 under our hope, your hope, my hope, that God has promised to provide all the necessities of life. As you seek to please him, he gives you and I all the necessities of life. Do you believe that? Do you trust your Lord? We see that in Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. One of my favorites. And God is always available to help you. Always. We see that in Psalm 55, 22. We see that in Psalm 94, 17 through 19. It goes on and on. We must remember when fear and anxiety or trouble, whatever you're calling it, starts setting in your mind, you must step out in faith and say, God, you promised to keep me safe. You promised to keep me all the necessities of life for this life according to your will and purpose. Regardless of what I think, regardless of what I see, I want to please you and how I, my responses to the situations hand, I want to respond biblically to please you. And I know you're always available to help me. You can run into the arms of your Lord. He is our rock that we stand upon. He's the foundation of our life. He is firmly in control of every aspect of your life and my life. Every aspect. 
Psalm 139. Go back and read verses 1 through 18. How about Romans 8, 28 and 29? Many of you are familiar. But that's our hope. That's what we need to find ourselves in when we find ourselves in situations that are coming in and, or if they've been thrown, the past is thrown back into your lives or there's situations in the future that seem to be very unclear of where it's the next step in your life or where you're gonna, what's going to happen next. These things can cause much worry and much fear. You must come back to your hope and your hope is in Christ. God is with you. God is going to provide for you. God is going to walk you through this. God is going, has in control in every aspect, regardless of how you feel and what you think. Now, once you have that hope settled, the question is, is now what do you do to change this? What do you do to change the situation that you've been fearing and worrying about your whole life? And you're still stuck as a Christian. You're still stuck there. It's paralyzing you and not allowing you to continue to take steps of faith to serve God and to please Him to do what He's called you to do. What is it in the past that's causing you not to move forward? Or maybe it's real today and it's just happened in the last week. Or what is it that you've always keep you from moving forward and you're maturing in you as a Christian because you worry about the future and how it's all going to play out? Whatever it is, and some of you, I know, not I'm no one here, of course, but in the past, previous churches, okay, we'll call it that way. Some of you fit all three categories. You fear and worry about the past, present, and future. You're just tied up in knots. Well, so what is the question is, is how do you change? Well, that takes us to step 87. Put off the fear, the timidity, the troubled thinking. And you must put that off. And what do you put on? Well, love overcomes fear. You must put on love in a sound mind or judgment in the power of the Holy Spirit. You must let the Spirit of God fill you afresh. Again, we read 1 John chapter 4, those verses, especially 18. And we must recognize that in Christ you have peace. Peace is who? Jesus himself is our peace. He gives us our peace. We see that in John 14, 27. We see that in John 16, 33. We must put that on. If you don't take that step in your journey, you will not move on away from the worry and fear of these things that go on in our lives and in in this world. You must put on love. His love, His sound mind. You must bring those thoughts under captivity and you must trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to fill afresh in your lives on a daily basis. And we must, we must recognize that Jesus Christ is our peace and He gives us His peace. We also need to change in the fact this step 88 
We must put off self-centered concerns about the future. We need to put it off. We have no guarantee for tomorrow. But you're spending a lot of time worried about your, what's going to happen 20 years from now or 30 years from now. You're spending a lot of time on something that is going to be of no value because I assure you, you're not going to have this all 20, 10, 20, 30 year plan worked out. As a matter of fact, I love spending time with you all and say, oh, 10 years ago when you had your 10 year plan, how's that worked out for you in the last 10 years? Right to the T? No. But you spend a lot of time worrying and fearful of it. So this step 88, we must put off the self-centered concerns about the future and we must put on doing the word. You must be doing the word. You must be obedient to God's guidance by his word. We must walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. We must keep our eyes on him. It's a discipleship journey. We're walking with him. We're not working and focused on what the world's doing. We're certainly not working on what's in the past that you can't change. But we must put on doing the word. We see that in Psalm 119, verses 165. We read Matthew 6, 33 and 34. Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Are you It's a daily thing. That's not just when you're in trouble and you start going into worry and fear. That should be a daily thing for us to seek the kingdom of God, the things, the truths of God. How do we know those? By reading the word of God and applying it to our lives. And allow us to allow and and make the determination to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And what happens when you put on doing the word, you're seeing an emphasis, a beautiful thing, what's coming out is your prayer life will be bolder than ever before and it will be filled with not asking of wise, but filled with of, of just nothing but praise and thanksgiving. It won't be a laundry list of I want, I want, or what happens, what I'm going to do. Oh no, this is terrible. Lord, how could you have allowed this to happen? Because you've gotten your eyes off of who God is and you need to grow and mature and understand that God's in control. Not why did you allow this to happen, God, and move it to the fact that, Lord, you're in control and I praise you. You can add or delete from my life. You're in complete control of my life. Where are you in those camps? Are you, are you for you know, what you want or are you, just ple- are you here to please the Lord? And I pray you're moving in this journey as you grow and mature and being sanctified. You're moving in the direction as your prayer life is filled with thanksgiving and understanding and confidence, trust, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just a word you said that I trust God for my life and please forgive me. But no, Lord, I know you've forgiven me and I know you're in control and I know you've got a plan for me. And I am patiently waiting to as you lay that plan out as a day by day walk and I trust you completely with my life. What conversation are you having today with the Lord? Where do you fit in that? 
that will determine where your level of fear and anxiety or worry is. If you're over here, you're filled with worry and, and, and fear, and you may tell me you're not worrying and fear, but if that's the conversations you're having about yourself, that's the camp you're in right now. And I'm telling you, the Lord says, no, 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 you've got to move this direction. You've got to move. You've got to move in this direction. You've got to grow. In the discipleship journey, we must grow. We have to have this special emphasis given to prayer with thanksgiving because if we do not, we will fix our minds on the things that we don't have or can't see or didn't work out versus being thankful for what God has provided and done in your life. We must dwell on the things of God. How do you dwell on the things of God? Read his word. Meditate on it day and night. Turn to him. You see that in Philippians 4.8, Colossians 3.2. That's your change. That's what needs to happen. You must put off certain things to then put on things to help you to grow and mature in your walk, in your relationship with Christ. That means you and I must practice these things. It's not a one-time deal. You must practice to move from this camp into the camp that of full trusting with all your heart and mind, soul, and strength in God and control of your life. So you're no longer worrying, no longer fearful, or anxiety, or troubled. You know, you got to move it in the direction where you are have God's peace laying over all of the junk that is happening. Because you know he's in control. So what are you practicing? Well, that's step 89. Because in order to deal biblically with fear, you must confess your self-centered fear to the Lord. That's always... Change always starts with what? Confession. Repentance. Acknowledging. Don't fool yourself. Acknowledge, be open, transparent. God knows. Why are you being, why are you pretending? Stop pretending. Be open to your Lord in your time where it's just you and Him and you're crying out and you're acknowledging the fears and the worries of the past, the present and the future and, and ask Him to come in and give you a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit empowering you as He says He would so that you're no longer the self-centered fear to the Lord but you're actually you're fulfilling fulfill your responsibilities of being Christ-like of love the, to do the Word, to be if filled with his love and Christ likeness and of being about his business in your life and helping others. How important that is. And you've heard it once, you've heard it me say a million times if you've been with, with me here, and that is you're going to do that regardless of how you feel. Feeling. Nothing but more than feelings. I mean, people sing that song a lot. <laughs> and I'm telling you, those feelings that you have are not lined up with the word of God. You're, you're causing some challenges in your, 
in your life that is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. You can go back again, Philippians 4, 1 John 4, 2 Corinthians 5. These are things, ponder on these scriptures and help you to put on the love of Christ in your life. That love will overcome the fear and the worries. The next thing you and I must practice is step 90. Step 90 is to overcome worry. Make it a plan to be established today. Make a plan. Make a plan. Today's tasks. What do I need to do? Each task. Lord, what's the tasks I need to accomplish? My responsibilities. What do you have for me today that you, it will help me to overcome the worry? Make a plan. Spend some time, quiet time in the morning, setting a plan out for the, from the Lord to guide you by his word, by speaking to your hearts about the things you must do to help you overcome worry. And then do each task so wholeheartedly for the Lord as he directs you. We see that in Proverbs 16, 9. Read Ephesians 5, especially uh, verses uh, 15 through 17. Of course, back to the Philippians 4, Colossians 3. These are, these are very important verses for you to meditate, ponder on, and memorize. Now, we're tempted very easily to f- be filled with worry and fear. What are some of those temptations that we find ourselves that can bring us down? Well, when you live to please yourself and not the Lord, circumstances that God's designed to teach you and I to trust him and obey him instead of is to draw us closer to him, not from the not for you to worry and not to fear. He allows things in our lives to help us to grow and mature and to trust him, not to turn to worry and fear, which is against him. And we must practice these things. Go back in Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 15. That's just a snippet. Always James chapter 1. You could always enjoy that one. That's always a good book. In chapter 1, it will always speak to you, especially verses 2 through 4. But there's situations that tempt you to fear and worry, and what are some of those? Well, if you look at situations and circumstances of life, some of the things that can cause us or tempt us to turn to worry and turn to fear versus turning to the Lord is where you, you have this impending death. You've been just told you have cancer, stage four cancer, impending death. That could cause someone to go immediately be tempted to go into worry and fear. How about unexpected bills? Loss of income. Loss of job. How about a prolonged illness that just seems to not be shaking it's not, it can't, they can't explain why it's happening. 
about the perceived loss in relationship? How about you, your, even practical things? I'm, we're looking for a new home, or we're looking for a new job, or we're looking for this. Many military coming into the area are always filled sometimes, if they're not careful, can be very worrisome or fearful of, are we going to find a new church? We see many people coming through here. We're looking for a church. It's so difficult. This is our fourth PCS, and we're not sure, and we're hoping it's like this and like this. It can cause, if they're not focused on the Lord and just trusting him as he's guiding him versus worrying about finding this perfect little thing that you want, you set something in your head that this is the ideal church and it's going to have to be all these little checklists, and if I can't find it, you start to worry and fearful. How about persecution or threats? How about children or growing up and leaving home and you now worry about your children because you've been, you've been watching over them their 18 years or 17 years and I hope it's not 30 or 40 years you've been having your children in your house <laughs> and now they're leaving. I hope it's not. That doesn't it's a situation for you to find yourself in. You probably have some, a lot of worry and fear uh, over the years. But, but let's say they're 18 and they're naturally moving on. They've graduated. That can cause you, especially moms, because moms have poured their lives into these children. And they're going out into a very cruel world. Very dark world. But you must give them over to the Lord. You've trained them up according to the ways of the Lord. They're not going to depart. They're going to trust in the, the solid teaching of the word of God. They have a relationship with God and they're going to trust in the Lord themselves as an 18-year-old. And yes, you can continue to pray for them, but don't worry. Don't be tempted to worry and be fearful. What about mental or spiritual temptations? Refusing salvation in Christ Jesus. That would cause some worry and fear. You should. Apart from Christ, you're in trouble. How about hiding past sins or planning to sin? That will cause you worry and fear. Procrastination, indecisions, putting it off. I don't really want to make anything. I'm lazy. I don't want to do anything. Those are going to be temptations that cause you to worry and fear. You're not prayerful. You're not praying at all. You're not communicating with God. That will cause fear and worry. Not knowing the future. Refusing to forgive one another. Always wanting your own way. Expecting perfection in others. These things are temptations to cause you to fear and worry. So the question is, is how do you biblically respond to that? Of those circumstances of life and mental and spiritual challenges? You are to reverence God. You are to worship and honor our God. That's where it starts. And when that happens, when you recognize who God is, the creator of the universe, it will lead to salvation. It will lead to wisdom and knowledge. It will lead to your life a steadfastness in your life that's not easily movable. Because you have the certainty of who God is. 
when the world's changing so rapidly at a pace that most humans cannot handle, your steadfastness and my steadfastness is in God. If it's in this world, you are in worry and fear because you can't keep up with the changes that are going on. You're not capable. You will see vitality. You will see a life that we see in this Proverbs 10, 27, a prolonged life. We see in Proverbs 3, verses 7 through 8, an improved health. We'll see God's goodness and loving kindness toward you in your life as you walk with him. Eternal rewards will happen. God's watchfulness, his, 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 his presence and protection over your life will come when you fear, reverence God. And you'll also, we see in Psalm 115, 13, blessings from the Lord. It'll be like a fountain of blessing being poured upon to your life of one that fears God and lives to please him every moment of the day. And then you will have this motivation, this, this sense of just clear obedience to do what God's called you to do on a daily basis. There'll be such clarity of purpose in life that your matter of life, as we studied this past Sunday, your matter of life, like Paul's life, it will be a reflection of one who spends time with his Lord. And people will see that in your life. There'll be a strong confidence we see in Proverbs 14, 26. You will have satisfied sleep, Proverbs 19, 23. Oh, how many times I have heard, I can't sleep. I'm just filled with worry and anxiety and troubled in the situations. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen? I just can't sleep very well. Then give it over to the Lord and trust him so that we see in the scriptures, it will bring about a satisfied sleep. It'll be a restoring of your soul over the night. So when you wake up, you're refreshed to continue to do what the Lord's called you to do. It's not, let me pop my sleeping pills again. It doesn't say anywhere in the scriptures that's the answer. It's spending time with and reverencing God in your life and pleasing him. And these things, these biblical response to the situations, you will not be tempted to go into fear and worry, but you will experience some of the things I talked about here based on the scripture. But one of those, you will be satisfied in your sleep. You will sleep well. You're not to fear what man might do to you. We see it many times in the scripture. We are not to fear man and what they can do to you. I see a lot of people fearful, being tempted into fear and worry over what man is possibly doing and orchestrating in the darkness of this world that will impact you as a Christian. And I want to encourage you 
God is in control of your life. Yes, change is happening. Change is going to happen. Stop thinking about yourself and wanting to perfectly orchestrate your life a certain way because that's the only way you want it. You are filled with worry and fear. You need to let go and give it to the Lord. Why? Because this world is changing rapidly. Instead, you are to trust God and respond with actions that are motivated by a loving, concerned to please the Lord in all aspects of your life. And we see several, several verses all the way through the scriptures. Go back and maybe look at Acts 16, verses 19 through 32. Or 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 29. You need to stop being anxious. You need to be stop being anxious. We find ourselves, we so dwell on the details and get down into the, the what-ifs and checklists and weighing things out that we lose complete understanding of God's peace that fills you and fulfills those who seek Him. He will fulfill those desires on your heart. You may not know how He's going to do it. You don't know when He's going to do it. You don't know if it's going to be in your mind how you try to think and picture how this is all going to play out. I would recommend you stop trying to play it out so perfectly and just listen to the Lord because if the Lord says, this is the desire I put on your heart, then that is the desire will be fulfilled. Just trust me when it's the perfect timing, the perfect way. I will do that in your life. So stop being anxious. Stop worrying. Stop overthinking it. Trust what God is saying right in the scriptures. You are not to worry. Be anxious since this reveals the lack of trust in God. That's what it is. Worry and fear and anxiety and troubledness is a lack of trust in God. And that right there, my brothers and sisters, will stop you from being spiritually fruitful for God. That right alone, that, that simple statement that I, I can give across to you, that simple statement will hinder you from being spiritually fruitful. And experiencing, as we see in the fruit of the Spirit in your life, that one thing, You haven't put off the self-control kinds of mentality and putting on the complete trust in God faith. And that's what's going to change your life. That is what's going to change your life spiritually if you can overcome. And you must practice, practice, practice those things. Are you pleasing self or are you pleasing God? It is not the intensity of an emotion. It's not the intensity of your emotion that makes it correct. 
or right. Instead, the key issue is whether your response reveals that you are living for self or living for the Lord. You can be emotionally intense over something, outwardly, with your words, with your body language, with all the emotion that doesn't make it right, if it doesn't please the Lord. How important it is we get this right because love must dominate your life to overcome the fear and the worries in your life. It's God's way versus man's way. <laughs> we studied that quite often, how man often fears the consequences of his actions. Oh, if I do this, what is going to happen? And I'm really fearful of what that possible, that punishment or that, that consequence is going to happen in my life. And I just... I want to be perfect, and I don't want to do anything wrong, and oh, so I won't do anything. <laughs> you get paralyzed. You get paralyzed in your mind. You get paralyzed in your actions, and then you're not able to completely start maturing and being, just come back to the love of God. God's love is perfected in you. When you sincerely believe in the Lord. Jesus Christ remained obedient to God's word, did he not? Even through the most difficult of times, he remained faithfully obedient to his father. Through every situation he found himself. And he continued to love others in the body of Christ. The people he continued to love. We are to continue to love Others in the body of Christ. Oh, how love, that perfect love of Christ, casts out all fear. You must remember those things. Well, I'm going to give you one last thing before you leave. And that is God's way of love versus man's fear. Here's a few things to think about. Love looks for opportunities to give. You want to put on God's love? Look for opportunities to give. John 3.16, how perfect example that is given to us. 1 John 3, verses 16 through 18. We must look for opportunities to give. Second, you must love lays down its life for others. Are you willing to lay your life down for the sake of others? Putting your, your second or third or fourth or whatever that may be and putting others first in your life of priority. Third, love believes all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Believes all things. That is God's love. And fourthly, Love never fails, 1 Corinthians 13, first part of verse 8. Love never fails. That is God's way. If that describes your life and your desires and moving in that direction, you're doing good. But if you're doing it man's way, here's the four things that are contrast to what I just told you. And first one is fear keeps a weary eye on possible consequences of involvement. 
God's way looks for every opportunity to give. If you're man's way, you're thinking man's way and his approach, then you're always looking with a critical eye that there's some consequence or involvement if I get involved. I'm not going to get involved with that. God's love, when you say love lays down its life for others, if it's man's way, you're talking about fear will not take personal risks to help another person. One way you are willing to take risks to help someone, man's way you will not even lift a finger and take any risk to helping anyone. Because you don't want to have the consequences, you don't want to have to deal with it, and you don't want to have any you know, lingering things or commitments. Which one are you so far? The third one was love believes all things. That's God's way. What does man's way look like? A fear is highly suspicious. <laughs> if someone is so, I, I'm very suspicious of what's going on. I'm very suspicious of getting involved. Very suspicious of who, why, that, why is he talking to me? Why is she talking to me? Why would they ask? Why do they, why do they seem to always seem to want to love, show love to me? What, what, what do they, what's the catch? That's man's way. You're always suspicious. And the last one is love never fails. That's God's way. That's love. But man's way or fear, fear occasions Uh, let me put it this way. Failure to assume responsibilities brings more fear of consequences of acting irresponsible. I know it's complicated, but let me say it this way. You have fear over a certain occasions or certain situations that are about to happen. And because of that fear, it leads to greater fear. It's always fear upon fear upon fear upon fear. It's just never these consequences of acting and you're just irresponsible, not following through responsibility because of fear and it just continues to grow and build. But you must remember God's love. Love never fails. You must assume responsibilities and not be fearful of responsibility. So, so important.